if it's my partner, if it's my kids. There's no way that I can be capacity for what they're going through if I can't even be capacity for what I'm going through. If you've got kids or a co-parent that hates you, if you feel constantly attacked, if you feel stuck in this cycle of endless reactivity, endless fighting, then in this episode, we teach you how to address all of that. The hardest thing for me was holding space. I was just like my mother, extremely explosive, screaming and yelling. That's how I tried to resolve conflict. And, or I was like my father, completely shut down. And I remember being a variation of both of those things. So when there was conflict between my partner and I, and she came to me with her big emotions, I felt attacked and couldn't hold what was coming at me from her because I couldn't be with, nor did I understand what was happening inside of me. So her, her emotions were like an attack on me. And I responded at, nah, I didn't respond. I reacted from my pattern explosively screaming, yelling, swearing, cussing, demeaning, degrading, name calling, shaming, or I would collapse completely. I would imagine after hearing what I just said, that my partner didn't feel safe with me because I didn't feel safe in my own body. So that was very, very, very fucking difficult to navigate a partnership. Feels familiar to me as well. I've never had a kid with someone, never been married, but I can imagine that if I had gotten married like five years ago and had a kid with someone, I would have communicated similarly. If they came at me with big emotions, I would take that as an attack or as blame. And then I'd get really defensive. And sometimes I'd lash out, sometimes I'd shut down, sometimes I'd leave. But the end result was always the same. I was constantly making withdrawals from the trust and safety deposit box of our relationship. Mm -hmm. There was nothing in that bank anymore. I imagine a lot of parents deal with this, at least sometimes. How do you navigate that? What, what do you see as like a common problem in these types of situations? What are people doing wrong? That's another great question. Uh, at the time when I was becoming a parent, the internet wasn't as relevant as it is now. Like you couldn't just jump on Instagram and check out a reel on how to hold space. That wasn't available. I'm sure there were books and other resources available. I just wasn't aware. I think where people are missing one another is understanding that we need to get new tools. I wasn't aware that there were books and tools like the Gottmans who have been around for, you know, 40, 50 years. And they're like at the pinnacle of helping people around relationships, but that wasn't on my radar. It, that I was living in this narrow box of this is just the way things are. And they, I apologize. And we just keep repeating these patterns and habits. So I think the big thing, the big takeaway is you can change. There are tools out there and that's if you're willing to learn about yourself and realize, okay, this isn't working. I need some new tools. I need some new skills because relationship is very hard. I remember going through a, a similar phase, like where the tool that we were taught growing up, the tool that I had was I would apologize. I would promise to do better mm -hmm. and then I would put a lot of effort into, into trying to force myself to do better, but no actual real change was happening because 
my emotions weren't addressed. Logically, I knew what I could be doing and what I should be doing, but then something would set me off or hook me, and then I would just kind of sprint down this the tried and true path of this old behavior set. And I imagine for a lot of parents, they run into that with their partner, but probably also with their kids too. And so when, when you talk about tools that people don't know exist or like being willing to look at new tools, is there one in particular that comes to mind for you or like a concept that was useful for you in the very beginning that helped you shift things? Yes, there are a lot of parents out there and human beings that don't know how to go inward and understand what's happening inside of them. And that's where I needed to start. I realized I didn't need my kids to change, that they were perfect just the way they were. I didn't need my partner to change. I needed to understand me first. I needed to be the change, you know, the cliche, be the change you want to see in the world. And that tool is the one that really started things, started the transformation. Yeah. Could you explain a bit more about how you use that tool to create change for yourself? Because I, I bet there's someone listening right now and they're like, yeah, holy shit. What, what I've been wanting this entire time is the ability to change. And everything I try is just like change the way that you're talking about things. And that doesn't necessarily do it for me. How did you use that tool to begin changing the way that you behaved rather than just mm -hmm. changing the way that you thought? Yeah, that's another great question. I started to learn to listen to other people and get really curious and ask questions and really try to understand how my partner felt around the way that I behaved. So I think those two things, listening to understand and curiosity. So and it, and it went both ways. I needed to listen to understand what was happening inside of me and then also do the same for my partner and my children. Slowing down in the middle of conflict, taking some deep breath, getting myself grounded and situated, and then be curious. And, and in being curious, you're also being caring, you know, and caring for this other person and recognizing, oh, we're on the same team here. It feels like you're the enemy or the opposition, but that's evolutionary. That's the way I'm wired as a human being. And that isn't going to work, obviously, because this is what I've been doing, reacting from my feelings and emotions in the thoughts that you're the enemy. And then this way, it helps me to understand, oh, I love you. I care about you. I'm curious about the way that you feel. And I think when you feel cared for by me, then we can then start to put together a game plan and co-parent our children and understand we're not in opposition with one another. We might have differences of opinion on how we wanna raise our children or on how we feel about certain things, but that doesn't have to limit us or hurt us. That can help us because if I need you to change for me to be okay, it's not gonna be a good relationship, you know? Yeah, yeah, because the other person is over there on the other side thinking the exact same thing about me. And now it's like, oh, this motherfucker is the reason why I'm not happy. And they're yeah. thinking the same thing. And now we're just the obstacle to each other, which causes more conflict. And what I liked about what you said back there was you start off with listening and you start off with curiosity. 
you mentioned that you were curious about yourself and about your partner. And what I'm imagining you mean by that is that your curiosity is around like, what is having me get set off? Like, why am I reacting the way that I am? Maybe it's disproportionate to this situation. Maybe I'm yelling, but like, really what just happened was she said something with a weird tone. And now it's like, this is reminding me of my mom or something. So I start looking for that. I think what you're also suggesting is like, I also start asking questions from real curiosity, not like I'm going to trap my partner by making her see that she's getting this from her daddy issues, uh, but like really gently and curiously asking like, Hey, like, what's your experience like right now? And just listening, just being capacity for what they have to share, even if it's blame, even if it's angry or frustrated or guilting you into something. It's important in that situation, I think, to be non-reactive, even if they're having a reaction. So how did you begin to navigate that? Because I imagine that's where a lot of people get stuck. They're like, hey, I tried to be curious. I tried to be gentle and kind, and I extended the olive branch. I was like, hey, babe, what's the situation like for you? And then I felt really attacked. So then I pulled away. I didn't want anything to do with them anymore. How did you break free of that? Practice and, and continually doing the, all the things that you just said, like being sloppy, like pulling away, you know, feeling attacked, but it takes some time and it takes a commitment. I would practice on every person that I spoke with. You know, I started to not make it about me and really try to understand them. And then the next thing I know, women were telling me, oh, I've never cried. I've never done this before. Like literally, I've never felt safe enough to share this part of me with anyone, let alone a man. And I do with you. And when I heard that, because I was divorced twice and I didn't feel safe to be trusted with those parts of either one of my my wives and, and my children as well. And that really, when that, when I started to hear that, I deepened into the practice. I'm like, there's something to this. And I just have been committed to this practice of learning re about myself and how I do relationship. And it's been a process of fucking up and falling down, but, and my commitment is to continue forward every time I do. So my brain and my nervous system started to get rewired. I could feel the benefits and it was being reflected back to me. At the time, it felt very important to me when a woman would validate me in that way because not being able to do it for my wives and these people are like complete strangers or women I've dated or whatever, I was like, I'm on the right path. There's something to this. I'm committed to this. I'm not going to quit. When a woman can break down and cry in front of me and feel safe enough. And sometimes they don't even know me that well. Like, I, this is what I was looking for. So a relent, the relentless pursuit of being in relationship first and foremost with myself. And then how can I utilize this tool to, to serve other people when we're just present and listening and curious with another, it gives, it creates space for a person to access parts of them 
that they probably haven't accessed in a very long time. And it frees up space in them and it, it helps to release trauma and begin healing. And I think there's so many side benefits of listening and curiosity that those are just a few that I'd, I'd list and are part of the reason why I continue to practice learning about myself. Yeah, that's big. I like that you brought this up. Let me take care of myself first mm. so I can free me up so that I can then free other people up. If it's my partner, if it's my kids, there's no way that I can be capacity for what they're going through if I can't even be capacity for what I'm going through. If I'm a sinking ship, I can't save someone by bringing them aboard my same sinking ship unless I've taken the time to patch it up. Yeah. So maybe we can start off with this, like, because you and I have been talking about setting up a workshop for people yeah. who are going through something similar. How did you take this skill set and use it to change your relationship with your kids. Mm -hmm. What difference has that made for you, if any at all? Because I'm sure people who are listening right now are like, sure, I could learn this, but is it going to do anything for me? What's your experience been? This is, it's been life-changing. Both my daughters cut me out of their lives completely. And my son did at one point. So I realized Repair is the most important thing when there's a rupture in the relationship and doing it as quickly as possible is the most important thing. So when I had the opportunity, I repaired the relationship first with my son because he was open to having a dialogue. Working through that conflict had us reconnect in a deeper way. I put my shit to the side. I didn't come at him from an authoritarian. I'm the big person. I'm your father. You need to do this or you're going, you know, whatever. I was curious about him and how he experienced me and how my behavior impacted him. And I listened to him and validated him. And he felt empowered through that. He felt safe enough to share where he didn't before. He's like, I'm going to give my father the opportunity because he's showing up differently. And I listened to him until he felt understood. And the way that I know that he felt understood is because I asked him, do you, Rocco, do you feel understood by me? Yes, dad, I do. Am I, am I getting your world? Because when I behave this way, it made you feel this way. Yes, dad, that's correct. You know, and then I, I didn't just apologize to him. I owned my behavior. I owned my part. And if, he had a projection of things about me that weren't accurate. The, the moments in the repair process at that time were not the moments for me to bring up and get defensive and say, no, that isn't the way that it was. There's a time and a place for me to share my experience as well. But in the beginning, I'm taking the lead. And I feel like that was a big shift for me as well. I made the commitment to myself and to all the all of the closest people to me that I would take the lead 100% of the time in repairing during conflict, no matter what. And that has been a commitment that I have kept to this day, that it doesn't matter how triggered I get, how upset I get, how defensive, how angry. I do remember that I committed to taking the lead and I go in for the repair as much as I feel hurt by them. It doesn't matter because I remember my commitment and my commitment is to not 
cheap taps. Oh, son, I took the lead five out of the last six times. Now it's your turn. I expect, no, it's like, I will do that. And even with my partners and I would feel super angry and I would not want, I would stop my feet like a little boy and be like, God damn it. I, and then I would remember the commitment. I will take the lead hundred percent of the time to start the repair process. And it's, it's always worked in favor to the relationship, not in favor to me and my needs, not in favor to just the other person. Rather, it served the reparation of the entire relationship. It's powerful, man. And it makes me want to take the lead. I feel like a powerful man and father when I can love my children in that way or love my partner in that way and not need them to change or them have to, if I apologize this time or if I repaired the relationship this time, then I expect you the next time. It's like, I don't have an expectation. And magically what I noticed in relationships with women and with my children is they start to follow my lead. And I don't have, I might be going in for the repair and then all of a sudden my partner would be like, Hey, listen, you know, I, I fucked up. I did this. I behaved this way. So that, that has been the big, the big shift for me right there. That's huge. I think that's the kind of change that we all want to be able to see from our kids, from our partners, but understanding too, that that's rooted in first your willingness to be the one taking the lead, being vulnerable a hundred percent of the time. And I, I want to call out the trap here because I've fallen victim to this trap for many, many, many times. And the trap is this person hurt me so bad that it should be up to them to come back to me and apologize. They did this to me. It's their fault. They need to come here and like make it up to me before we're willing to like, before anything is going to change. And I get that feeling. It's, it's one of the strongest feelings in the world. And it's one of the most protective feelings in the world. When I look at it now, I can recognize it's me protecting myself from being hurt again. I shut this person out of my life. The problem with that behavior is that it reinforces itself. The more I did it, the more often it happened in the future, the more every single relationship that I had went down that road. And you don't want to be that person You're on your deathbed, surrounded by no one because you shut everyone out who hurt your feelings because you never learned how to take care of your own. Doing the thing where you go and you tell other people like, hey, I want to be responsible for the way that I impacted you, right? Mm -hmm. They might be coming up with something that sounds crazy to you and you still have to be the person that listens and listens compassionately without trying to disprove them. Like, Hey, that's not what happened. What Scott's talking about is one of the most transformative skills. People need to see that it's safe to be vulnerable, hurt, or upset around you first without you blowing up or collapsing into anxiety or trying to fix everything or give advice. If you can think of a time when you really needed your parents, right? And you came to them for advice because something bad happened and then they started yelling at you, right? Was that not the last time that you talked to your parents about problems? You just keep it to yourself from that point on, right? Because they demonstrated that they didn't have the capacity to be with your sharing. They don't have the ability to resolve this thing without freaking out. So now I'm not gonna deal with them anymore. And we don't want to create that dynamic with people. And the way that we avoid that, the way that we start rebuilding that foundation is exactly what Scott's talking about. We demonstrate that we're stable. 
we demonstrate that we're willing to put aside our own reactiveness, to, to erase it entirely for that moment, or just process the emotions another time and re-engage and be there in compassion and be there in curiosity, because only then are people going to be able to experiment and see that, okay, yo, this ground is stable again. I can successfully come here and rest. And this person isn't going to try to make me wrong or blame me or guilt or shame me. Only then can the relationship begin to go in a different direction. Yeah. That's, that's what I got from what you were saying. No, I, I like that. And as you were speaking, what I would add was like, for me, I used to, you know, shut my kids down or I'll give you something to cry about or go to your room or I can't deal with it. And I've been practicing this for years. I've been running men's groups. I just had a man who is in my men's group who I've counseled a little bit. I've coached informally. He came up to me the other day at the gym and said, Hey man, there's, he stopped me. And he goes, there's something super important. I need to share with you when you have a minute. He goes, Scott, he goes, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you teaching me how to hold space prior to prior to this moment. I didn't understand. I would have squashed someone's experience. I have a little girl, you know, I would shut them down. I would tell them, you know, I would say, Hey, you're crazy or, you know, whatever the case may be, but he got a phone call from a friend who was cutting herself and was going to drink, take pills, who was getting ready to end her life. And he sat and listened to her. He utilized the skills and the tools that Rob and I are talking about that we practice, that I shared with him. And he was able to listen to this woman. And he said, in the past, I would have told her, ah, forget, don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. Everything's fine. And instead he listened to her. He got her, he validated her. She didn't end up committing suicide. He was able to then reach out to her sister who came over to the house and stabilize the situation with this young lady. These tools, they can help save another's lives. You don't know what somebody's going through. You don't know what their experience is. You can't tell them to calm down. You can't tell them they shouldn't feel the way that they do. I'm grateful that he shared this with me and I shared it with him. And then he took what I shared with him and someone's life was saved. It can save a, a human's life. This is what's possible when we practice compassion, curiosity, deep listening, and things of that nature. People can transform their lives in an instant just from feeling seen, heard, and understood by us. Imagine what that ripple effect does when we exhibit this type of behavior for our children, for our partners. Yeah, that feels especially relevant for parents. From the numbers that I've seen, the amount of anxiety and depression in the youngest generations has continued to skyrocket. Most of the time, you know, it would be so easy to shut that down. Hey, mom, I think I'm depressed. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're just making that up. No, yeah. you have a good life. But like, the problem with that is that the statistics around suicide line up like young boys are, I think that's their number two cause of death. That emotion has to come out somehow. And if they can't do it with you, then it's going to come out sideways in another way. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning the skill set, if you want to become the person that instigates the change in your family, with your kids, with your ex-wife, with your current wife, with your husband, 
with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever is important to you, maybe it's your mom or your dad. Or um, yourself. Or yourself. First and, yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's you. Maybe you don't have the capacity to take this on with other people yet, but it's you and you recognize that you're floundering lately and you want out of this space. You want to be able to change for good instead of just signing up for some boot camp where you feel good for like a day and then the next day you come back to reality and you're still you and you just made a bunch of goals or whatever that you know you're not going to do. How do we create real change? Well, that's what this workshop aims to do. So if you're mm -hmm. interested, reach out. Scott's information will be in the description. And of course, if you have his, so if you have his social information. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was getting too serious there. But yeah, so we'll, we'll throw his social information down there as well. If you know him personally, feel free to message him. And we can have a few conversations about what this looks like. But just know that this is on the horizon. And this is available to you. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I saw Scott throwing up the peace signs. Anything you want to throw in before we close it out? No, man. I, I think I, I feel like, you know, this, this work speaks for itself, man. You know, you and I have transformed our lives in the dojo of, you could call it a podcast, but it's been a relationship, man. We've worked through a lot of our differences and a lot of our shit and keep, continuing to deepen into a friendship that I think will last a lifetime. If I didn't have the tools that I have, I don't think I could have hung out this long. I don't think you would have put up with me, man, if I didn't have the skill set that I, you know, I don't think anybody would. That's why my wives left me, you know, I'm kidding, but I'm serious. It can be very challenging and it, it can be super rewarding. And what else do you have to do between now and when you uh, leave this and yeah, kick the fucking butt? You can continue to like numb out from your experience and run around on your wife and blame her and, you know, have your kids fucking hate you. But I'll tell you what, man, I have had my kids hate me and not want to talk to me. And that sucks, man. You have to take action. You have to do something different. You have to take responsibility and ownership of your part raise your hand and ask for help. And I didn't do shit when I was by myself other than perpetuate my childhood. And it wasn't until I got in community with other great men. And my community could be just one person, like the relationship I have with Rob. But when you experience other men in their experience of life, you can see that you're not alone or unique in what you're going through. And it helps you to move through things a little bit quicker. So part of the reason that Rob and I want to work with human beings and help them to have better relationships is because we know what it's like to be cast out, not in good relationships and just repeating patterns that don't serve us. Been there, done that. Yeah. And of course, thanks for listening. We had fun unpacking this particular issue here today. And it's always nice hearing from you. It's always nice getting your feedback. Thank you for sending those in. If you're listening right now, um, we hear everything. We, we receive everything that you send. And it's always made a difference. It's always brightened our days. So thanks for chiming in. Appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. Peace.